0: Again, and welcome to the Gospel Boldly podcast, where we confess with St. John saying, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Limke.
1: And I'm Pastor Eric Brown. And <laughs> I do know that third time the charm is not in the Bible. But hopefully it'll work. This is the third time we've tried to get past the opening "hello." Yep. But I, I think we're going now. So h- how is everyone doing today?
0: Doing well, doing well. Yeah, you no longer sound like the the Tomo Allegato, Mr. Roboto, Pastor Brown that I was hearing a second ago.
1: I did see Sticks in concert with my wife, mm-hmm. and then I came down with mono the next day. Oh <laughs> no!
0: I, it was. I like, bet she gave you tons of grief for that.
1: It, it well, no, it it was our it was our. My first birthday that we were married mm-hmm. and her gift a few days before my birthday was we went to see Sticks and Def Leopard in concert down okay. in Oklahoma City. And that was the last day I felt good. And the next day I started getting feverish and I ended up spiking a fever of 103 for two days in a row. And it was terrible. Mm. So, yes, I married my wife and came down with mono. So there you go. your own conclusions, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she, she says I got it from her younger brother who was a kindergartner. I, I, no no, no, Who knows? no. I I got it as I tell my wife you gave me one when we married. and when we were married I didn't have any gray hair <laughs> now I do and, and then I don't say much of anything else for a while we are going to be in the great great chapter of John 11 getting on to the, the I am the resurrection of the life section which is really good I, I'm going to need to hear this I just had a member pass away and it's It'll be good and reaffirming for me and remind, remind me what I'm supposed to be doing too. So Timely. that'll be awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. So,
0: so we, uh, now we're, were we wanting to restart at the beginning of 11 per se, or did oh, you want no, to jump no, in no, at no, verse 17? No, no. I, I think
1: we're, uh, to, to set us up, uh, the, the, the news is Lazarus is dying. He has died. Uh, Jesus is not really welcome in, in that area, because Bethany is right outside Jerusalem, and the last few times he's been in Jerusalem, they've wanted to kill him, and and even the disciples are like, yeah, if we go back there, we're all going to die, and it's going to be just bad, but we, let's start off with 17 again, and just, if you would read 17 through 20, just to kind of prime the pump. Okay. We talked about that last time, but that'll...
0: Good. When uh, Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mar- uh, Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. but Mary remained seated in the house
1: all right so y- you've got the 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 two things going on here it's been a while four days is the long time it's the the Katie bar the door everything is done, and you've got Mary and Martha now. Can you think of another story from the Bible where you have Mary and Martha show up?
0: There is the, the famous or maybe infamous one where uh, Martha is doing all the serving and uh, Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet listening and there's the the discussion between the two about which one is proper.
1: Now, note with this. John kind of expects that you know who Mary and Martha are. He's not spending a lot of time... Uh, uh, introducing them at the beginning of chapter 11 says, this is the Mary who anoints with the hair and all that good stuff. Note how in the other Mary and Martha story, we, we think of Mary as the one who's nice and attended to Jesus. Martha's the busybody who can't be bothered. <laughs> right. and, yet, and yet, note how the roles are almost kind of reversed here. Yeah. This one where it's, okay, Jesus is coming. Martha says, all right, it's time for me to get up and go. But Mary says, no, nah, I ain't going nowhere. I'm just going to stick around to the house. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. John likes to kind of uh, turn things around. Um, John's gospel is almost the Paul Harvey of gospels. Now, yes, this is a great (laughs) adage. All right, all right. If you're in high school, you don't know who Paul Harvey is, possibly. Paul Harvey was one of the great pioneers of American radio, and he would do uh, a daily little news. I think Mike Huckabee does it now. So if if you've ever been driving your car and parents listen to radio and Mike Huckabee has come on, that spot was Paul Harvey stand by for news and he would give he would tell little bits of stories and there'd be a little point and go and now the rest of the story and he'd finished off like oh yeah i knew who this was talking about all the time but right and john will do this he'll give you little bits more information little bits of more information or or just a different perspective so now we get the thing where where Martha almost ends up being the the good, eager, I-want-to-hear-Jesus type of gal. So so let's go hear what she hears. Okay. Uh, 21,
0: Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. All right, so Thomas, what do you make of this conversation? Well, I, I to me, and I, you could probably read it multiple ways. To me, though, Martha is insinuating that Jesus should, could, at the very least, can raise her brother.
1: It's kind of getting to that, isn't that? Uh-huh. I mean, because I, 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 I know if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died, and, and God will do whatever you ask. Well, yeah, yeah, he's gonna rise again. Yeah, we know that happened on the last day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I mean, it it, it really is a, a powerful, powerful confession of faith. You know, God will do what you say. Huh? Huh? So so you want you want to you want to get to doing something? But no, well, and and we do know Jesus is going to go and raise Lazarus. But he's gonna have a little bit of a talk first. He's going to 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 put everything that has happened here in perspective. Because while Jesus does raise Lazarus from the dead before the last day, um that that's not the normal way things work. Lazarus being raised is the exception. Um I remember hearing a story from one of the, the pastors. I knew in Oklahoma, who was a, a, a chaplain for the fire department. And so he would go to a, a lot of funerals across the state for, for firefighters. And there was a, a, a firefighter who, who died in the, the line of duty. And so he went down to the funeral. And it was that some type of backwoods, Pentecostal holiness, wild, crazy type of stuff. And in the middle of the service, the widow threw herself over the casket and said, Lord, I know you can raise him to life now. Raise him now. And I mean, she fully expected that her husband was going to get up out of that casket right then and there and now. And, I mean, it's a heartbreaking story to hear because we we realize that's not the standard operating. Uh, Th- mm-hmm. Thomas, I, I hate to break it to you, but you and I are going to have to probably wait for the last day to be raised. I mean, that that that's just how it's gonna go. And so what you have is you have Jesus speaking to the greater, not greater, but the the standard realities, the the standard way of life and death and resurrection for the rest of us. So so even while th- this doesn't become just a text just about look at how cool Jesus is, he can raise the dead. No, we're gonna talk more about life and death and resurrection. Before we get to that. Alright. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Alright.
0: <clears throat> All right. So carry on. Twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming
1: into the world. Now this is this is fascinating. One, we can ego me. This is an I am. This is Jesus declaring that he is God. And what is he? Resurrection and life. Now, that is a statement that does point to what we have right now. Thomas, do you generally think about yourself as being alive? Okay, I'll put it this way. Thomas, would you
0: consider yourself to be alive? Yeah, I would say vertical and ventilating describes my physical,
1: I guess. Shape. And, and yet, and yet, Does the life that you and I experience right now, physically in this world, is this the life we were created to have? No, not at all. I mean, I I just spent a few... I I was sick last week. I had nasty cold. I Colors that should not come out of my nostrils. Just (laughs) terribly wrong. That's not what we were created to be. But yet, is is it normal to get a cold over the winter for us? Yeah. And, And so what you have... It's interesting that Jesus doesn't say, I'm the life and the resurrection. It's not just, I'm what you got now, and then I'll be what happens later. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. But he points first to the resurrection and the life. The idea that there's something beyond. He, what Lazarus had, what Lazarus died from, from <laughs> the, the life that Lazarus had in which he died, <laughs> that, that's not the fullness. We all need resurrection, not just Lazarus. You, Martha, you need resurrection. Thomas, you and I, we need to be raised because we are in the world of death. We're in a sinful, fallen world, and it needs to be done away with. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I come into this fallen world, and I bring with me true life, and we're going to have to be raised to get there. And you know what? All right, so we have that. Uh, I am the resurrection of the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. You and I are dead, Thomas. We are. We're dying. <laughs> okay, not to be too morbid on you, Thomas, but how many more years you think you got?
0: Well, max, I could maybe pull out another, mm, I, I keep calculating lower in my head, maybe 60.
1: Ooh, that's good and dour. I'm, I'm gonna, how, how old are you now, Thomas? I'll be 28 in a couple months. I'm going to give you even 80 years, 20 more. We'll get you to 108. Wow. Gave you 20 more years than than what you were thinking for yourself. What is that? The drop in the bucket. Not nothing. It's, it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, all right, you get to 108. Great. That's like what? Not even an eighth of Adam. Good job. Yeah. Right. So, So the point here is we are the dead and the dying. Apart from Christ, man, it's death. And yet Jesus comes and says, I am. I am God. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm your resurrection and your life. And the one who believes in me, even though he die, because let's face it, here in this world, you're dying. You're going to live. But that life is tied to Christ, who he is and what he does for you. All right? All right. Break time. All Woo! right. And now that we've had a chance to blow our noses and do all that type of stuff, we're back and on uh, on John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, in the break, Thomas asked a good question. I'm going to have him ask it again.
0: Well, the roots of the question was uh, to remind me the Greek word for uh for resurrection, which is
1: anastasis. Which Pastor which pointed the out. Uh, yeah,
0: Anastasia the name is is derived from. So my question was, I know Anastasia, at least in the past, I'm not sure so much currently, has been a very common Russian name and I'm wondering does that have anything to do with the uh roots of the uh maybe not roots, but the the presence of the Greek Orthodox Church in their midst?
1: Yep. It, it, it's 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 a a common great name. It's a great name in fact uh if I were to have a daughter, her middle name would be Anastasia. Mm um cuz my wife wouldn't let me get away naming my this is my daughter Resurrection Brown that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like a bad action hero <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, that would be awesome if only I had the skills of a comic book artist i could do like the uh, the new anti-hero Resurrection Brown who's this vigilante who keeps killing people it'd be awesome okay okay may, maybe not <laughs> at any rate I am the resurrection of life. He who, he who believes in me, what?
0: No, shall never die.
1: Though he and, and die, though yet he shall die. he live. And right. the one who lives and believes in me shall never die. Now, this is the other part. When we think about life in Christ, and when we think about resurrection in Christ, mm-hmm. while that is future, it is something that is also a present reality. Have you, Thomas, died and been raised already?
0: I think my baptism was within the, the week of my birth, so yes it has taken I'm, place.
1: Th- this is also speaking to the the realities of who we are as the baptized. We are those who have died to sin and risen to Christ. We are resurrected and alive. We now we see this dimly as though through a mirror then we shall see face to face, but but we touch upon this this promise even now. We we know what we have come and we just wrap our heads around it yet, because frankly, I I can't imagine what it's going to be like to be in a perfected, resurrected body and not have to worry about any of this junk that I constantly worry about now. Mm -hmm. It'll be awesome then. And so Jesus says, do you believe this? And Martha gives a great response. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Now, note that. Do you believe that I'm the resurrection of life? Yes, you're the Christ, the Son of God. That's that connection. That that when we're talking about life, when we're talking about resurrection, this is God Himself coming and giving us what we were created to have. This is a, a restoration of creation, and everything is good. All right. All right. Cool. Okay, let's carry on. If you would just take a. 30, uh, excuse me, uh,
0: 28 and 29. Okay. Uh, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard this, she rose quickly
1: and went to him. Well, I love this, because again, this is that turnaround of the normal Mary and Martha stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, no Mary, it's time to come hear Jesus, because mm-hmm. he wants to talk to you. I mean, isn't that beautiful? I mean, it's just that, that great little juxtaposition. We, we have a one of the uh, ladies' aid groups here at my church in, in Illinois is the Martha Circle. It's like, oh, see, so you've got the good time. You, you, here, you, yeah, you come and tell folks who <laughs> it's time to listen to Jesus. Right on. Uh, so good, good, good. It's not just you're your too busy working to hear Jesus. Now you figured it out. You get to tell. So All right. I love it. So, th- so then we have that coming in. So if you want to continue on. Okay.
0: Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep. Page flip.
1: <laughs>
0: there. <clears throat> <laughs> to weep.
1: Page flip. There. All right. Now, one of the other things that you need to know about this is... Martha just tells her kind of quietly, I mean, you know, Jesus is here. Again, gonna be kind of keeping this on the QT because a lot of people want him dead. So, yep. and Mary stands up and she goes, she's not explaining everything. Oh, this is probably just the gal being all emotional and wanting to go run and weep at the tomb. Kind of a, kind of a, I suppose, a logical thing to think, but just a little interesting note that. That John includes. They weren't expecting to find Jesus. They were just expecting to find more weeping. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Uh, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept.
1: All right. Now we we know this. This is the the great the the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. What do you make of this, Thomas?
0: Well, to start with, um, I make that Mary said the exact same thing that Jesus that Martha said, which mm-hmm. is funny yep. and redundant, I suppose, but but not in, in that sense. Um, I do note that there is a note on deeply moved where. My, my text here says it could also be indignant so that's something
1: oh where where was Latin in verse uh, 33 he was moved in the spirit and became let's see oh okay yeah yeah this is it is probably more just it, he was for clumped it, it it shook him mm-hmm. I mean it it, it Cause again, this is one of the things where, okay, Thomas, we're gonna on a very emotional episode of the Gospel of the God <laughs> podcast. Um, if you walk into a room and a bunch of people are crying, even if you're not involved with why they're crying, doesn't that tend to kind of like get you caught up too? Potentially, yeah. Uh, unless they're your enemies and you laugh at them. Well, no, here, that that was kind of. <laughs> And dark. Um, <laughs> the onion fumes. And hear the lamentation the... of the women. <laughs> <enemies>. no, okay. <laughs> All right. See, if we were a really well-produced show, we would edit that part out. But we're not going to because <laughs> let's have this. So, really, it's a matter. You do have this moment where Jesus is looking at her and and seeing it. I mean, everyone's balling, and you know what? Even Jesus gets caught up in it. The interesting thing is, in English, this is two words. In Greek, it's three. Wept the Jesus. Aha! It's actually longer in Greek. That doesn't happen very often. So, But, but you have even Jesus being moved to tears. So, All right. and then uh, 36 and 38, or 36 and 37.
0: So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this
1: man from dying? Now note, you get that contrast. Mary and Martha are both simply confessing, Jesus, you could have stopped this for the other folks though. We're like, Oh, well, shouldn't he have done something kind of happened? This, I mean, there, there's more not doubt, but almost condescension. Like, come on, this guy had all this power, and, and he, he saved others, he could not save himself. I mean, that, that type of thing playing out. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of the things that I think is interesting about the way the world operates. The world sees that Jesus has power, why isn't making that power work for himself? why isn't he what ma- how is he benefiting from this why isn't he himself benefiting from this he should be saving his friend it's not what Jesus comes to do Jesus doesn't come to benefit himself he comes to show love to his neighbor all of his neighbors and you know what how does showing love to his neighbors work with this case well I'm gonna wait I could have been here earlier to save Lazarus no we're gonna we are gonna teach a better lesson this way and that object lesson involves lazarus dying this this is one reason why as a pastor i just in general don't like object lessons whenever god uses an object lesson it goes poorly for someone I'm <laughs> all right we're we're gonna have a teaching moment with the children of israel here but uh for this to happen uh yeah lazarus i'm gonna need you to die yep ezekiel <laughs> we're gonna need to make
0: you uh eat eat Food cooked off of uh, feces, and, and uh, uh, all right, all we're gonna right, have okay, to have okay, Jeremiah okay. in a pit slot or a pit of slime. Yeah, That's yeah, true. There's a theme here.
1: lessons in the scripture are just bad things. Bad <laughs> thing. Bad. Let's not go there. But no, Jesus' thoughts are always upon his neighbor, not upon what he himself just would be easiest for him. So, all right. So let's dive on in and carry on. If you would do 38 through. 39.
0: Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time
1: there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Oh, that's even a, I, I was looking at this one. There will be an odor is kind of a polite way of doing it. Okay. Um, he's going to be stinking. I mean, it, 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 it's not, it's, no, no, Jesus, you don't want to do this because this is going to be foul. This is going to be nasty. This is, ugh. Why? Because the reality of death is foul and nasty. And then I love what Jesus says in response to her. If you'd carry on.
0: Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said,
1: We have here this beautiful section where Jesus says, you know what, you were going to see the glory of God. One of the great statements from the early church, I can't remember which of the early church fathers said it, I think one of the Cappadocian fathers or what have you, the glory of God is a living man. When you saw Adam before the fall, you saw just how great and wondrous God was. His crowning achievement is man who lives hey, Martha, you're going to see the glory of God. What's the glory of God? <laughs> I am the resurrection of the life. Check this out. <laughs> Lazarus, come forth. Or, or, as my dad likes to say, because the old King James has, instead of come out, Lazarus, come forth. He goes, and he came in fifth and lost the race. <laughs> but but this Well, his, just... his
0: legs were kind of uh, down together. <laughs> little little hop in action
1: but but you get this wonderful tie and there's this the what's the last thing Jesus says there at the end of uh, verse 44 this is this is profound and neat and kind of wraps everything up unbind him and let him go uh thomas what kind of word is unbind it's very
0: much a forgiveness word
1: the 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 word looking at in greek is lusate, loose him and it is a word that is used over and over to describe what happens with sins. It is the, the freeing of sins. So, what happens is you have all wrapped up in this whole language resurrection, life, forgiveness, all tied up. Why? Because that's what Jesus does. And you know what? Even if your sins stink to high heaven, even if your body is decaying <laughs> and dying, guess what? Jesus comes and says, boom, I'm the resurrection of life. Unbind them, you're alive. That's how it rolls. That's how it rolls. That was terrible. That was terrible. See, and in the resurrection and the life of the world to come, I won't botch the ends of segments like that. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. No doubt. Let's go to break. Okay.
0: We
1: suck again, and we're back on the Gospel Boldly podcast. Where unfortunately, sometimes we do suck again. <laughs> oh no! Um, normally, we do the normal Inquisition, but but as a, as I now have a movie lines and movie quotes on the brain, I feared we could use this time just to speak briefly. Thomas, what is a movie that you think is a good movie with with that that touches upon some of the great truths of life? That isn't necessarily the the oh it's an overt Christian movie yay or something like that.
0: Well, you you went slightly different direction with that than than I thought you were going to go. So maybe oh, oh. I don't have the best one. Although in in that vein, I do like the Man from Snowy River, which is an old Disney production from I think the eighties, maybe early nineties. Eighties, uh, yeah. It, it was it's been back away,s and it does touch on some pretty good stuff.
1: Well, what, what? Oh. <laughs> see, this is high-quality production. What did you think I was going to say, and what way were you going with it? <laughs> well, I, I, had,
0: I had predicted or thought that you were going to say something about uh, resurrection themes or forgiveness themes oh. such as that. Um, and I was going to go with a different direction. But,
1: but okay, well, th- well, what's a good one with uh, a good resurrection or forgiveness theme?
0: Well, my answer was going to be kind of a, mm, a twist on that, which is to say Harry Potter could have been if they'd done it with the books. But the way they did it, it actually undermined that theme considerably compared to what it could have been from the books if they'd pulled more.
1: Well, this is one of the things that's interesting with with Harry Potter. It's one of the few thing, one of the few things of pop culture mm-hmm. that actually has as a high point in it the a discussion about what does scripture mean. And, and you know what I'm referring to, right? Um, I should. In the I last fan, book, but... they go to a. Uh, to to harry's parents grave right and what's what's on it
0: now i'm drawing a blank
1: what it has on it written from a first corinthians the last enemy to be defeated is Uh, death that's right yep and they're like oh that could almost sounds like a death eater thing it's like well well, this this is the whole thing Mm because i mean really if you look at it you can say how does one deal with death how does one does one Put a hope and trust in Christ and redemption, or does one try to take the take the ball into your own hands and right. do things your own way and acquire power and all that type of stuff? And so, I mean, there actually are a ton of Christian—I don't know if it's overtones, maybe undertones—within mm-hmm. the, the Harry Potter series. But what were you thinking?
0: Well, I, in the last the last fight between Harry and Voldemort, you have in the book Harry mentioning, you know, to him that he should essentially repent. And he right. should turn from I've his seen ways. What's and... the other
1: side, man? You need to you need to repent, pal. E-
0: exactly, exactly. And in the, the movie that really doesn't come
1: up. Well, that Just... is one thing. With the, the book, you get a ton of mercy from Harry as he's fighting Voldemort. It's like I, I have sympathy and compassion mm-hmm. on you, even though I have. you're not gonna repent, so I have to take you out. Well, not
0: Just... even that so much as is, is is disarm you so that you don't hurt anybody else right. in the, in the books anyway, in the movies, then yet yeah, there is the element of taking him out. But
1: anyway, right. well, yeah, well, it, it goes Teddy Wampus in the books and it in the books, it's clear it's Voldemort's own hatred that basically does him in. Mm-hmm. So, all right. No, that's a, that's, Ooh, that's a good one. All right.
0: So you had one, I think.
1: All right. Um, the, well, Okay if we're dealing just with forgiveness and redemption I think one of the uh the common one that shows up a lot is me I am a I'm the Star Wars guy right when you think about it you've got return of the Jedi and the whole theme of that is is redeeming can can Darth Vader be redeemed now how do they drop the ball it's all oh, is he gonna start doing good stuff again oh yeah he killed the emperor <laughs> right and I mean it, it it shows that that general propensity of the world to put the uh, the the cart of good works before the horse of forgiveness, but that's true. So, and so, yeah, that'll work. Oh, you realize mm. the the standard movie I will end up talking about is Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction is twenty years old. It's an oh, old, wow. old movie. It's, it's coarse. It's vulgar. But the highlight of it is actually. A discussion of of uh, scripture, true. Well, somewhat. Somewhat, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of it kind of expands upon scripture, but but it's also the reason why. If you saw Captain America: The Winter Soldier, that that uh oh, I just lost his name. Samuel Jackson's character, uh, uh, in the Marvel universe, who is he? Uh, Uh, Nick Fury. Thank you, Nick. Mm-hmm. That's why his tombstone has Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen because that's, right. that, that's what that's uh, what Samuel Jackson's character quotes in in Pulp Fiction or some version thereof. Right, right. Well, it starts and then it blows on off into stuff. And but but it became, the 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 highlight of the film is the truth is you're the weak and I'm the tyranny of evil men. But I'm trying I'm trying hard to be the shepherd. It's like, right. Wow. Holy cheekies. Whatever. <laughs> i just want scooby Doo, but it's one of the things where it, it's hard to realize this but a lot of the classic ideas in, in western culture had christian undertones or overtones it was just something that was expected and i don't know i think we're kind of losing that a little bit or or just as surprised when we ever when they when they do pop up, it's like oh wow I, I didn't think there'd be anything. It, it makes sense that a, a movie from the eighties would have some good Christianish overtones, and especially if you went to the sixties or the fifties or the forties. Eh, well,
0: let me ask you this: Okay, as you talk about those overtones and their history in Western culture, you know a lot of people are very very upset when they see overtones because they, especially the non-Christian variety of folk because they see them as moralizing overtones. Oh, there's a Christian message here? Well, that must mean it's a morality tale. Is Does it always have to be that way? Does that always have to be the case? If there's any Christian overtones, does it have to be a moral morality tale? Or is there something
1: else? I don't think Lord of the Rings was a morality tale, but that's neither here nor there. No, not necessarily. I, I, <laughs> it's I, I relevant. Think, I think what happens is um, you, you have this... I think culturally we our our society, our popular society has reduced Christianity to moralizing claims mm-hmm. which some some of which we Christians have done to ourselves because we've been so hept to to <laughs> preach morality rather than you know the forgiveness of sins but that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't know it, it's the thing I'm reminded of all right. So, which of the Indiana Jones movies were popular <laughs> and well-received and well-liked?
0: The first and the last ones, right? The, the Temple, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the, the one with the the
1: Last Crusade, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Now, now, Temple uh, of when Doom. When the last no. one, I don't mean the Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skulls. I don't know if those were Oh, ones. I don't even think of that one. <laughs> That's <laughs> well, not canonical. <laughs> but here's the thing to note. With Raiders of the Lost Ark and with The Last Crusade, those both play off of scriptural ideas. The Ark of the Covenant is a scriptural thing. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 Holy Grail is kind of it's playing off of Christianity. You've got the knight. It's the Temple of Doom. What did that deal with?
0: A uh, bunch of heart ripping and and weird water drinking
1: weirdness. It, Indian, Indian stories. Yeah. You betrayed Shiva. Well, yeah, most of us don't have a clue who Shiva is, right. and so it didn't didn't really resonate as much. Although it is really a fun film, I think. Um, and the mine ride was fantastic. Um, or with Indiana Jones and the the Crystal Skulls. Um, what's the the theological or, or ancient so- aliens? Yeah, now, now, I love me <laughs> some ancient alien stuff. I, I do. I, I'll watch the show while I fall asleep. It's like a travel show with your crazy uncle. <laughs> yeah, um, but that doesn't resonate. In fact, it seems, if anything, kind of hokey. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, I do think that there's this undercurrent, and I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna recognize that it is part of us in our our culture or whether or not we're going to try and move beyond it. So, ah, well, who knows?
0: Interesting questions to think about, I guess.
1: So, okay. Let's jump back to the scriptures because we've just had Jesus raise Lazarus. Now, Mm -hmm. let me ask Thomas, if you saw Jesus raise a man who had been four days and stanky and suddenly he's alive and unbound and woohoo, what would you expect the reaction to be?
0: Uh, I would expect the crowd to hoist him on their shoulders and walk him into the temple to proclaim a Messiah on the spot.
1: Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Another <laughs> good film dialogue. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing random football film quotes today. That's true. Um, you, you'd think it'd be just utterwhelming, overwhelming joy. Not quite what happens. If you would start reading at 45 through. Now, think about this. You have some of the crowd say, oh man, we better go tell the Pharisees what he did. And then you have that discussion that's all just cover our backside. Mm -hmm. And I think this demonstrates just what some of the opposition was to Jesus, how, how strong and hard it was. Of course, shouldn't surprise us because we should recognize this is what sin is. It kills us and makes us stink. Uh, carry on. How about we see Caiaphas's reaction? All right. But one of them,
0: Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people than that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made
1: plans to put him to death. He spoke God's word, but he didn't even know what he was saying. Because mm. he was right on. It is better that one man should die for the nation. Yay! But he's not, that's not what he's thinking. He's thinking it's better that we take this guy out than that we <laughs> lose our phony baloney jobs. rump, frump, frump. Instead... No, no, no. You're the high priest. You're you're going to prophesy. You're going to speak the word of the Lord whether or not you want to or not. Ooh. If I can make a donkey talk, I can even make Caiaphas the high priest to prophesy. <laughs> so, I mean, some of this is just kind of like uh, coming up in the one-year lectionary. We have a, a seeing they do not see and hearing they do not understand. Well, you know what? Hearing and seeing, they don't get what's going on because they're so wrapped up in their own sinful desires that none of it makes sense. Yet, what's going to happen? God's will is still going to be accomplished. So, with might of ours cannot be done. Oh, well. Doesn't matter because Jesus is the resurrection of life and he says to you, rise. Woohoo! All right. Sound good? I got a thumbs up from Thomas. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Nonverbal
0: communication. I love it.
1: Yay. (laughs) That shows up really well on the podcast. (laughs) All right. You guys all take care. Have a good week. Enjoy life now, even until the life of the world to come.